It's like looking in a mirror on today's show. Hello, and welcome to the Grace of Giving podcast. We're your hosts, James Riley and Grace Brasniewski. Well, folks, we've got a very special show lined up for you all today. That's right. Our guests today are very near and dear to us. We <laughs> thought about having them on for a while and was finally able to get on their schedules. Absolutely, G. Shout out to our wonderful colleague, Natalie Sargent, for the idea. She pitched this idea to me a couple of times during some recent UR walks. So thanks, Natalie, for the idea. And without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Program Director for Hesburgh Women of Impact and Internal Communications, Grace Prosnuski. And Senior Director of Internal Communications, James Riley. That's right. We're interviewing ourselves today. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> it is a twist. And I love the idea. You know, we interview so many of our colleagues during the Grace of Giving podcast uh, that we haven't taken time to let you all know who we are. And we've also uh, gained some wonderful new colleagues who might not know who we are or what we do. So what a, a wonderful idea. Thanks again, Natalie. And I'm just realizing that it's hard for me sometimes to say hosts, like with the, the, the plural of host. That's fair. <laughs> like when we're your hosts, it seems like an extra... <laughs> extra syllable or something like that. But hey, it's all good. So gee, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and and your childhood. Yeah, well, I am actually coming to you from my childhood home. Um, So I grew up in uh, a place called Pinckney, Michigan. Mm. Um, It's actually so small that it's technically a village. I like to to throw out that little (laughs) tidbit. Um, But yeah, uh, youngest of uh, three daughters, uh, grew up here my whole life, went to Catholic school, preschool through high school, Mm. Um, ended up going to uh, college out here, which I know we'll get into a little bit more (laughs) later. Um, And yeah, just, you know, pure Michigan through and through. What's the the distance between your your village and, and say, downtown Detroit? Yeah, I'm about an hour outside of Detroit, maybe a little less, um, and really about 25, 30 minutes outside of Ann Arbor. So that's how I orient folks usually. Gotcha. So do you have yeah. to go th- past Ann Arbor to get to Detroit? I'm just trying to get my bearings. Right. Uh, I guess it kind of depends how you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's definitely, cause you could take 94 probably I would think I I'm really bad at road yeah. signs and all that <laughs> good stuff. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, so what, what about you, James? I know, obviously, we've referred on, on the show that you're South Bend born and bred, I believe, correct? That's right. Right here. Right right here on the South Side where I live currently is where I, I, I spent uh, the majority of my childhood. But like right after I was born, I was born at the old St. Joe Hospital, which is where the current St. Joe High School is. And we lived on the east side about two blocks away from Notre Dame's campus. So I literally grew up in the shadow of, shadow of the dome and and still admire it to this day. And I think that's what drove me there as a student is that you hear so many good things about the University of Notre Dame and and all, all the, the great things that students are doing once they graduate. So it, it felt just like a, a natural progression for me to, to go there after I graduated from James Whitcomb Riley High School, which happens to be my full name, James Whitcomb Riley. So some coincidences there. Wait, 
Yeah. Wait, tell me about that. Like, is the high school (laughs) named after you? No, no. I guess you could say I was named. So I'm a junior. I was named after my father, who is James Whitcomb Riley Sr., who was named after the famous Hoosier poet, James Whitcomb Riley. But ironically, my dad was from Mississippi. So uh, it's it's all a mystery at at times. Oh, that is very interesting. So he was named after the poet before even coming to Indiana. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Wow. Talk about like destiny. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. So I am supposed to be here, I guess. Here working at Notre Dame and here working in development. (laughs) Man, I'm already learning things that I didn't know before this podcast episode. (laughs) Um, Well, James, you know, you talked about growing up sort of in the shadow of the dome. Uh, Tell us about your time here as as a college student at Notre Dame. Oh, sure. Yeah. Early 90s. Big hair, the time of big hair and big clothes. You know, a lot of kids wore these big sweatshirts and very colorful. And uh, uh, it was just fun being a student there. We had great football teams. Um, I was in the marching band, so I was able to go to every home football game and then a few away games. And uh, like I said, we had a great football team. So we went to bowl games every year and won three out of the four bowl games. Oh, wow. Uh, that was the era. That's a nice of, record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really was. Yeah. Rocket, uh, Rocket Ishmael and uh, Jerome Bettis, the bus, and uh, a few others, Rick Meyer, just some great, uh, some great football players and great football times. I lived in Zom Hall, which is now under scrutiny for all the craziness that they that they uh, are doing. But then moved to Kavanaugh Hall um, to finish out my actually sophomore, junior, and senior year. So um, all in all, a great time, and I happened to meet a wonderful young lady who is now my wife of uh, 21 years. Nice. What what dorm was she in? She was in Knott Hall, which ironically is a a male dorm now. Yeah, that's another crazy thing. Yeah, you you were in a male dorm that's now a women's dorm, and she was in a women's dorm that's now a men's dorm. I'm telling you, something is is definitely happening. I'm I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) What about your time as as a college student? Yeah, well, you know, so I attended the University of Michigan, and yes. you know, this this is the point where everyone clutches their pearls in at, at, on Notre Dame's <laughs> campus. Uh, no, but you know, I really uh, sort of born to go there, right? Dad went there, aunt went there, sister went there. Definitely a Wolverine wow. family. Um, had a great time, great experience. Ann Arbor is. A, fantastic town you know it's it's small enough but um big enough for when you're a college student mm-hmm. so um and it's kind of got that artsy vibe i would highly recommend people going to check it out maybe not on a weekend when they're playing notre dame might you know <laughs> have a little bit better of a time um but yeah i uh, was on the michigan daily um the their newspaper i wrote for um the art section on that so that was really cool and yeah, uh, you know, season ticket holder. So again, we we won't go too into uh, the the football portion of it, but yeah, had a had a it's, good time. It's definitely a fun rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about how you came to work in development here. Yeah. So I um, had actually out of school been working at an immigration law firm. I was doing some mm-hmm. content writing there. Um, and just like really did not enjoy it. Right. Uh, so I, I lasted about a little over a year before I said, you know what, like, I, I'm lucky enough that I have a little bit of the safety net in terms of I can move back in 
with my parents. Um, I'm going to look at grad programs. Actually, I was looking at overseas grad programs. Um, that's, that's the route I'm going to take. Um, but I was actually going to lose access to the Michigan job board that I got as a student. Mm -hmm. So I thought, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll plug in my info one more time and just, just see what comes up. And it was the writer on the storytelling and engagement team position. And I thought, Oh, wow. Like, first of all, storytelling and engagement, what a cool sort of, um, title and, and team name. So I was definitely intrigued. And then of course, Notre Dame, right. I'm a, I'm a good Catholic kid from the Midwest. So that always <laughs> has a certain appeal to it. Uh, so I, I decided, you know, you know what, I'm going to apply because I've never seen the campus and I've heard it's beautiful. So I'll apply, see what happens. And, you know, was lucky enough to get an interview and, saw the golden dome and thought, Hmm, okay, this, this is pretty legit. So <laughs> I was lucky enough to, to get my position on Jim Small's team and the, the rest is history as they say, but um, tell me, I, I know you were in admissions. How did you mm. sort of get into that job out of Notre Dame and then what brought you to development? Yeah. So great question. So I was working uh, in Chicago actually pretty much right after graduating from ND uh, at Bank of America. And at the time, my um, my wife was living in, in Los Angeles because that's, that's where she was from. And so she wanted to come back to South Bend and, and work at the university. And she applied for a, a position in the Alumni Association and was lucky enough to get that position. So me being in Chicago, I wanted to come back to be closer to her in South Bend. So I was looking through the job boards just like yourself and found a position in the admissions office for an admissions counselor and applied and got the position. So I moved back to South Bend and started working there. And I was there for about five and a half or six years. And uh, and my my next progression, I would I wanted to come to development, actually, and, and be an RD uh, fundraiser. But the, the word on the street was that you needed some, some sales experience to, to do that. So I left admissions and, and started working in the pharmaceutical and medical device sales area and ended up staying there for 10 years and uh, really gained a lot of respect for salespeople and, and the medical industry in and of itself. And then came back to development in, in 2013 or came back to Notre Dame and applied for a development position in 13. And I've been here ever since. Nice. And that kind of takes us into your current position, right, as mm. Senior Director of Internal Engagement. Um, can you kind of tell us what a typical day looks like for you in this role? Sure, sure. So lots of emails, lots of email checking early in the morning. Uh, I pay particular attention uh, to all the jobs that are posted and all of the, the roles that people are interviewing for. And typically I'll get that every Monday morning just to look at the funnel to see like what the phone screens have been looking like, what the in-person interviews have been looking like, have there been any offers this week? And so once a person is offered a position, they become internal. So that's where we start engaging them by, by our LOD team of Mary Flint and, and Brian Ream, making sure that our employees are onboarded. So I kind of follow that as well. And then you and I will get together every now and then and talk about internal communications and all that's going out in any given week in the hopefully award-winning sound off. We're trying to get a <laughs> sound off an award one of these days because it's a great publication that you do such a wonderful job on, Grace. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, yeah. So just a lot of that. And, and I also do a lot of reading. I love reading articles about diversity and, and, and equity and inclusion and also just culture. So I, I subscribe to Harvard Business Review and, and get a bunch of articles related to that. And I think it just uh, kind of sharpens my saw from, from time to time to see what other people are doing in the industry to make their cultures better, to make their DEI, DEI efforts better, so on and so forth. So that's a typical day in my line of work. Nice. <laughs> so Grace, what's one project or initiative you're working on that you're really excited for right now? Yeah, I think, you know, with my role, I'm in a bit of a hybrid position where I deal with Hesburg Women of Impact, which mm-hmm. hopefully everybody out there knows that's the sort of premier women's giving initiative that we have going. And then, of course, as you mentioned, internal communications. Uh, so I think I'll, I'll kind of cheat and pick a project from both of those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Hesburg Women of Impact, we've been working really hard on this sort of strategic plan and sort of what is Hesburgh Women of Impact and also women's philanthropy in general going to look like at Notre Dame in the next campaign and how can we really utilize and celebrate that particular donor group. So I I won't give too much away there, no spoilers here, but um, (laughs) I'm really excited about that. I think we'll have something to roll out internally Um, maybe by summit. um, And kind of, again, I'm really excited about the timing too, with the 50th anniversary of co-education coming up. Uh, So lots of cool stuff going on there. In terms of internal communications, um, James, you and I are actually both on the uh, project employee lifecycle project. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just going to be such a huge win for us in terms of transparency and consistency and, yeah, again, I, I don't want to give too much away before we're ready to kind of go live <laughs> with everything. But I, I just think that both of those projects really are such huge value adds. Um, and I'm just very excited and proud to be a part of both of them. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Game changers. Yeah. Uh, so, James, you've been with development now over seven years, yeah. going on eight years, exactly. perhaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so what, what's been your favorite moment with Notre Dame development so far? Yeah, there's so many moments. That's the thing. We create moments for ourselves and for benefactors and for students alike. Uh, so there's so many. But I'd have to say one probably sticks out a little bit more than others. And that's back in 2007 when we did uh, the uh, the Notre Dame Trail. It's just a magnificent experience I did part of the part of the trail I did five days and I got to spend time with university leadership with Notre Dame alumni parents friends every day just walking you know 17 to 20 miles you get to have wonderful conversations that I'm still having with people uh, that I haven't seen since 2017 but you know with online presence and uh, Facebook and Instagram you can continue those conversations uh, pretty much every day. So had a wonderful experience on that and learned a lot about myself, had some time to reflect on my own life during that time, which is what the the trail was all about, kind of introspection and kind of a spiritual uh, spiritual awakening for, for most people. So nice. had a great time. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so tell us about your family there, Grace. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I am the youngest. Uh, I have two older sisters. So my oldest sister works in Boston um, at an accounting firm. And uh, sort of crazily enough, we've been able to spend this whole past year together uh, because she's been able to work remotely and I've been able to work remotely. So that's been really nice um, going from 
you know, seeing each other maybe a handful of times in a year to, to having a full year together. So that's been great. Um, and my middle sister is actually a middle school teacher at the Catholic elementary school that we all went to. So um, it's very cool uh, keeping cool. The, the tradition alive there. And then uh, my parents, you know, they're both still in, in Southeast Michigan. And uh, my mom's actually just about to retire from that same elementary middle school that we went to <laughs> as kids. Um, so yeah, and I actually just adopted a French bulldog puppy named Bo. Um, and he actually burst into the room as we were recording this podcast. So <laughs> That's life coming at you real life right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, James, I know that you have your dog, Corby. Yeah. Um, and I also know that you, you have three daughters, so we mm. kind of have similar family structures. Yeah, that's um, true. But, so, so tell me what you like to do outside of work and with your family. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, three daughters. One is going to be, my goodness, Jasmine. She's going to be a senior at Arizona State uh, University this coming fall. She's already a senior? Already oh, my gosh. A senior. Unbelievable how this time wow. has flown by. Uh Naya, she's going to be a senior at Adams High School here in town. And then Talina, she's going to be a seventh grader here in a few weeks once school is over. She's at St. Matthew's here in town. Uh, I enjoy spending time with them as much as possible because they're growing up so quickly and learning so much. Um, I just like hearing what what they're learning, what questions they have in general in life, (laughs) because there's tons of questions that I'm sure they have that they don't want to ask me right now. Uh, but those those questions will will come up when they need to. Uh, I also enjoy watching. Uh, so Tali, she's a sixth grader. She is a sportster. So uh, she plays. Boy, she plays what soccer, basketball, volleyball. Uh, she runs track. She's 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 a beast. So I've <laughs> have, have had a great time watching her run this past uh, spring for the first time ever for her school um, running track and. She's uh she's a speedster, so I enjoy nice. watching her do that. And then lastly, I'm a musician, so I'm um, in a couple of groups. And ironically, uh, they're coming over this uh, this afternoon around five o'clock to rehearse because uh, we have a gig coming up on Wednesday. Uh, this isn't the Jerryophonics. This is another group called Latitude, and oh. uh, a couple of the members actually moved down to uh, Miami during the. Oh. the during COVID. So, and I had no idea. I just emailed them saying, Hey, are you guys around? We're being asked to play a gig on Wednesday. And ironically, they happened to be here for a, oh. a quinceanera that they were playing for yesterday. So, oh. so strangely, okay. they're going to be here through Memorial Day and we'll be able to play for this gig. Uh, oh, awesome. Is, is Latitude, uh, di- were, is that the band that played for the Hesburgh Women of Impact retreat? That is right. You got that. Wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You guys got great reviews. Aww. Book Latitude. They're super good. Yes. It's, it's very like chill, but like fun. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Latin attitude. I guess that's what, uh, how the oh, name is. Oh, love so, it. Yeah. Latitude. Yeah. <laughs> I was also going to say we have like, at this point, almost interviewed every member of Jerryophonics, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe everyone that, that's in development. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. The ones that work here. Yeah. Oh, never know. We might pull Steve and, and Drew here anytime soon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gee, how has your experience been working remotely uh, for the past 14 months? Yeah. You know, I think it's it's kind of a tough question, right? Because it's interwoven with the fact that we've 
all just gone through this like insane pandemic, right? So mm. sometimes it's kind of hard to to tease out, you know, what stress is related to that versus remote work. Um, but to be honest, I, I've really enjoyed remote work. Like I said, I've been able to kind of camp out with my family. Um, it it's been a tough year, so to have that sort of social support and that family support right there um, for me has been super critical. Um, and I also want to just like take a moment and, and say to the folks out there who have anxiety about sort of going back to work, I see you, I, I feel you. Um, it's going to take time, right? Just like it took time to adapt to working from home. It's going to take a little bit of time to get back in person. And, and also maybe we need to think about what what it should look like when we go back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I do want to put that out there because I know there's there's so much excitement, right, and hope that we're we're getting back to normal. That I think sometimes if you do feel a little nervous about it, sometimes it can be like, oh, I shouldn't say anything. But um, just want to put that out there that I I I hear you. Yes. No. Thanks for mentioning that. It's going to be definitely a slow process of returning to the office. I know there's a lot of talk about the hybrid situation, people still working remotely, but maybe coming into the office one or two days a week, which may be a little bit prescriptive. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's going to take some time to to adjust to it. But uh, I think we're going to get there eventually, but it won't be something that happens overnight. Right. I, you know, going to take time and going to take all of us giving each other some grace, I think. And yeah, just, no doubt. Yeah. And that's a, also another thing I, I mentioned. I read articles. I read a, an article just this morning about that and how it's going to be kind of a slow pace of returning back to the office for a lot of people. And you shouldn't rush everyone to get back because that will turn some people off. So right. uh, I think we could definitely follow follow that advice, uh, not only in development, but all of campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so I guess thinking about, you know, the challenges of this past year, and now we're entering into a time of a bit more hope, a bit more positivity. What are you looking forward to most this year? Yeah, uh, you know, it's, I've spent 14 months here in this basement. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> while I, I do enjoy it, but I, I miss all of our colleagues all seeing our friends in, in the office. I, I miss coming out of my office and almost running into you as you're coming back to your office in that blind <laughs> corner right there. And Grace, <laughs> uh, just all the interactions that happen at the water cooler and in the hallway. Uh, I'm just really looking forward to that, getting back together with uh, everyone and seeing people face to face. So I know it'll happen over time, like we just mentioned, uh, and eventually, but that's one thing that I am looking forward to and, and just being on campus. It's such a beautiful campus just to walk around. One of my favorite things to do is, is walk around campus in the summertime uh, because it's so serene and so quiet. It just reminds me of the period in between graduating from high school and my freshman year at Notre Dame when I would go to campus and ride my bike around and just felt like the campus was all mine. So uh, that's one thing I look forward to in general is just walking around our beautiful campus. Nice. Nice. I know I, um, I went to campus. Um, I, now I forget the, the reason, but recently I went back and I was like, Oh my goodness, I haven't been here and, you know, going on six months, seven months, you know, uh, quite a long time. And it's just insane to, to think wow. that. Was it when I saw you outside of grace? Do you think, remember that one day? Yeah. Yes. 
I don't know, because that was already almost a while ago. I yeah, I don't know. Who crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. This what is time anymore? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, James, we're almost at the end of our time together. Gee, too quickly. <laughs> wow. Um, but you know you know how it goes with us, so we've gotta take a quick take five <laughs> before we say goodbye. Okay. Are you ready, G? Yes. All right, here we go. Are you ready, James? Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's see. Go-to song to get you fired up. Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Oh. All right. Yes. But you, same same question for you, and then I'll go to the next oh, one. Oh, Yes, I love Raspberry Beret by Prince. It's oh, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Fun knew song. That. Yeah, it just gets me going. <laughs> Should have had it queued up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite on-campus eatery. Yes, uh, quite simply, legends. I just I like legends, and particular a steak salad that they have there. I just I get uh, that pretty much every time I go. I have heard that their salads are very good. Mm-hmm. They do a great job. And my friend yeah. Josh, who works there, shout out to Josh, great chef over there. He makes some great food, and he comes to yoga on Tuesday nights, which is great too. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. What about you? Do you have a favorite eatery? Yeah, you know, I haven't eaten there a whole lot, but the times I have gone, I really liked it. That Garbanzo, the oh, Mediterranean yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, oh. it was very good. I sort of discovered it right before we went remote, so mm. hopefully, like when when things are a bit more normal, I can hit that place up a, a little bit more. <laughs> yes, yes, I've only been there once, but I, I need to go back. So. That's one thing I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Favorite city you visited? Yeah. So for me, Amsterdam has a really special mm. place in my heart. That was where I studied abroad in college. And it was my first international flight and sort of my first trip as, you know, a solo adult. Mm-hmm. So that definitely has uh, a very special place in my heart. Uh, oh. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, back in, boy, 2000, 2001, I went on one of these Notre Dame trips uh, with the Alumni Association. And there's a small city in Austria, I believe it's called Ilgau. Uh, it's just a fantastic Austrian city. They had the, 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 the men, and I think there were women even in this group that were playing the long kind of flutes that you see in the Ricola commercials. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It wow. just—it was such a festive time to be there uh, that I just remember just having a great time there. Oh man, I'll have to. What, what was it? Ilgau. Il, I what think it's it? Ilgau, like I L G A U. Ilgau. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is a nonprofit other than Notre Dame, of course, Mm-mm. you donate a million dollars to? Ah, uh, so many. Uh, but I have to say, Boys and Girls Club. I, I just think that they are doing a wonderful job with uh, these young men and young women who come through their system. And these are some of these kids, they really need this program. And I spent uh, some time there actually last week. And then I'm going again next week with our former colleague, uh, Lyndall Chase, who now works there. Uh, she just showed me around and introduced me to some of the kids. And I really had a great time. So it'd be Boys and Girls Club. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. What about you? Oh, man, that is tough. I feel like I'd have to split my gifts like in a bunch of different ways. I know. Now I know what our donors feel. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, um, you know, obviously a passion of mine is sort of women's empowerment and yeah. uh, 
sort of alleviating poverty and um, improving education for that demographic. So I think something along those lines, I don't know if there's like a specific nonprofit that stick, I, like I'd have to do more research, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so sense. I want to be, I want to be a good informed donor, make sure I'm giving my money to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> smart, smart, smart. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Last one. Most memorable gift you've ever received. Yes. So my most memorable gift was for Christmas, I believe when I was 12, Mm. I got an electric guitar (gasps) with an amp and it was so cool. But here's the sad thing. Like I never learned how to play it. It was really just like that initial, like, oh my God, I have an electric guitar. (laughs) And then like, never couldn't get past like tuning it, you know, sort of lost interest, which is sad, but that was definitely that that moment of opening it yes. was the best. Where, yeah. Where did it go? Did you ever follow it? Did you sell it, or where is it? Oh, I still got it. Oh, you still have it? Oh, wow. <laughs> in my bedroom, okay. actually. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's... I well, I don't know. Maybe um, I'll learn one day and become the next Stereophonics oh, band member. Nice, nice. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, what about you, James? What's the most memorable memorable gift you've ever received? Yeah, you know, along the same lines, uh, Christmas as well. I think I was uh, probably nine years old. I woke up and, uh, you know, with, with the hope that Santa visited overnight and went into the living room and there was a, a yellow pinball machine. <laughs> oh. And it was on and it was just sparkling and uh, it was just so fun. Uh, I have no idea where it went after about a year or two. <laughs> but I just remember just the, the, the sheer excitement that, that I felt seeing that pinball machine. <laughs> awesome. See, that's, that's the thing, though. You remember the moment of yes. like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. That is right. Exactly. Uh, love that question. Thanks for, for asking. So, well, G, that's uh, about it for this episode. That was fun. Thank you for joining. (laughs) Thank you for joining. You know, who knows the next time we'll see each other. It's not like we see each other every day or anything. (laughs) That's right. Or maybe I think probably 10 o'clock tomorrow for our team meeting. How about that? (laughs) All right, right. Uh, Well, until then, let's jam. That's right. Thanks for listening to this very special episode of Grace of Giving. I'm your host, James Riley. And I'm Grace Krasniewski. And this has been the Grace of Giving podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, stay Stay golden. golden.